Hi, this is Sue Burke. Welcome to my podcast. Do you believe in the Easter Bunny, mermaids, the Tooth Fairy? All of these are indeed beliefs, but medicine is not a belief. And not all medicine is based on fact, but it is based on evidence. Evidence shows that vaccines save lives. Vaccines are a miracle of modern medicine. Respected physicians have written books on the topic, yet disinformation prevails. And you know the old saying about opinions. Let's look at vaccines and why they are a miracle of modern science. What are vaccines? How did they come to be? How do vaccines work? And what good are they anyway? We must begin any history of vaccines with a disease that's been around for tens of thousands of years, smallpox. It has a 30% mortality rate with a painful lingering death by multiple organ failure. On my website, you see a picture of an, a mummy, uh, Ramses V, and if you look closely, you'll see smallpox scars. Smallpox dates back tens of thousands of years where it decimated large populations throughout Africa, China, and Europe. The ancient Chinese practice of variolation used dried smallpox scabs blown into the nose. It produced a milder, in other words, weaker form of the disease. Variolated patients were subsequently protected. By 1700, variolation had been adopted in India, Africa, and the Ottoman Empire. There's a map on the website, and the map that I have in purple shows the Ottoman Empire. 17th century docs found that giving a bit of fresh material, meaning pus, from the, a smallpox pustule to an uninfected person under their skin via a sharp lancet would provide protection. This was termed inoculation. Inoculation gained favor, favor, oh my goodness, when an English aristocrat, Mary Montague, suffered from smallpox. She survived, but she was very disfigured from the scars. She ordered that her children be inoculated. Word of the nobles' family use of this technique spread and inoculation gained favor. By the late 18th century, Edward Jenner noticed that dairy maids infected with cowpox became immune to smallpox. Plus, they did not have a scarred face. He deliberately infected a boy named James, James Phipps with cowpox through scratches in his skin. The boy was protected. In 1798, Jenner published his findings with his headline, Vaccination Provides Immunity to Smallpox. He coined the term vaccine. Louis Pasteur developed a vaccine for rabies using spinal cords of infected rabbits. Rabies has a 100% mortality rate, which is a big ouch. Jonas Salk and Albert Sabin were heroes. Polio was one of the most feared diseases in the early 20th centuries. It left hundreds and thousands of children with irreversible paralysis every year. It was so widespread that in the 1940s and 50s, the United States imposed quarantines, which does sound horribly unfamiliar. Research tried to develop a polio vaccine for 15 years and failed. 
1955, Jonas Salk developed a vaccine. It saved millions of lives. And in 61, Albert Savin developed an oral polio vaccine. In the 1950s, Maurice Hillerman developed vaccines against many, many diseases. He was responsible for developing more than 40 vaccines. He's credited with saving more lives than any other medical scientist in the 20th century. Maurice Hillman is a hero, yet most people wouldn't recognize his name. No single medical advance has had a greater impact than vaccines. Vaccines are a miracle of modern medicine. I am not touching COVID-19 right now, but I will add that the CDC recommends the influenza vaccine is the best way to protect from influenza disease and its complications. Influenza is the flu, and the vaccine for influenza that's offered every fall and winter is called the H1N1 vaccine. Many people hold beliefs about the flu vaccine that are at odds with the best available scientific evidence. A recent study found that more than 43% of Americans believe the seasonal flu vaccine can give us the flu. Obviously, there are complications from putting anything into one's body, from drinking water, to eating an apple, to applying aloe, and to getting a vaccine. If someone is looking for issues with the flu vaccine, they will find them. Nothing is 100% safe. Just surf the web and you'll find a plethora of exceptions, anecdotes, and myths sprinkled among the facts. But getting the flu from a flu vaccine is not happening. This has become because many vaccines do not contain a live virus. What does live virus mean? Well, there are three types of vaccines. Killed inactivated. These vaccines contain only parts of the virus or bacteria. The parts enable your body to see this as a threat and gain advance notice. Even though part of the vaccine, uh, part of the virus or bacteria in the vaccine will not give you the disease. Your body builds up antibodies to fight the germ. Toxoids are inactivated toxins. This type of vaccine is an inactivated bacterial toxin. Diphtheria, anthrax, and tetanus are examples. Last, live attenuated. This vaccine does contain small concentration of the virus. A famous example is smallpox. Also measles, mumps, and rubella. The problem with inactivated vaccines, like the flu vaccine, is that the antibodies your body produces don't stick around for your entire lifetime. That's why booster shots are necessary. Herd immunity is widely, the term is widely used but carries a variety of meanings. Here's a definition from a paper that I found and I have the link on the website. A common implication of the term is that the risk of infection among susceptible individuals in a population is reduced by the presence and proximity of immune individual. In other words, the herd helps protect immunosuppressed people and people with allergies who can't get vaccinated. A common allergy problem with vaccination is to egg proteins. So being immunized impacts those around you in more ways than you can imagine. It makes sense that the more communicable a pathogen, the greater proportion of the population must be immune in order to block the transmission. In other words, percentages of immune people in the population to achieve herd immunity depends on how contagious a disease is. 
So there isn't one specific percent number. It depends on what disease we're talking about. Widespread information or misinformation about vaccine safety is an important public health problem. People who believe vaccines can make, make us sick are less likely to vaccinate themselves or their children. Our 24-hour news cycle mentality sensationalizes stories that the news media cherry picks. They inflate our mortal fears and push our panic buttons far more than the unsexy risks of excessive sugar consumption, not wearing a seatbelt, or not getting a vaccine. Nothing is 100% safe. Despite physicians and the FDA presenting large long-term studies, people still panic. There was a 1982 television news special aired, DPT, Vaccine Roulette. It depicted anecdotal heart-wrenching stories of children who became handicapped or even died after receiving the DPT vaccine. The TV show made it, vaccines look like Moses spreading the plague. People believe the show instead of physicians. Why? I don't know. It's an interesting question. What do you think? Parents are still opting out today in the 21st century. This is actually bringing measles back from near extinction. Measles is one of the most contagious diseases. If one person has measles, up to 90% of the people close to that person, those who are non-immune, will also become infected. Another way of looking at it is one person infects 18 susceptible people. Measles lives for two hours in the air. This means one person can sneeze in a room, the room can be evacuated, and two hours later it still may not be safe to return. We've moved into an era where more people are beginning to question why we need vaccines. Herd immunity is keeping many children safe, which helps grow an anti-vaccine mentality. There are risks with vaccines, and it's important to be aware it's disadvantageous to be so hyper-reactive that the risks outweigh the benefits. Some people think that viruses have been tamped down for so long that the fear has waned, or that the disease can't be that bad, or diseases don't exist anymore. That's actually not true. Only two viruses have been wiped off the face of the earth, smallpox and a, vaccine, a virus infecting cattle called rinderpest. In recent years, vaccination rates have plummeted. There was actually an issue with a now discredited study that linked vaccines and autism. Vaccines do not cause autism. 18 states still allow non-medical vaccination exemptions. And I admit that shots are scary, but just for a second. If you get cut by a rusty nail and you're given a tetanus shot, you're safe. If you want to know the risk of tetanus, check the link on my website. One child in, uh, let's see, what year was that? I don't know, but uh, two years ago, I believe, contracted tetanus, and it resulted in 57 days in the hospital and over $800,000 in medical costs. The CDC reports the vaccines prevented more than 21 million hospitalizations and 730,000 deaths among children born in the last 20 years. 
Contact me if you want more information, and I will be happy to provide you with articles, books, and mountains of scientific evidence that back up what doctors say about the safety of vaccines and how important it is for our population. Information is power. And when you have information, you can make an informed decision. Thanks for stopping by. I hope to see you soon. Take care.